Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back. Happy New Year. Years. You guys will get that inside joke if you're on Patreon. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year. This is Sarah. Welcome, everyone. And this is Katie. Welcome to 2022. This is wild because this will be our fourth year, right? <gasps> wow. Yeah, we started in 2018. And 2022, I don't really know where 2021 went, but uh, we made it. We're here and alive and excited to be back. I'm excited. I'm hoping that 2022 is a better year, although I've been cracking up at all the memes of like, when you sound out or spell out 20, 2022, it's literally 2020, comma, two. Like, <laughs> no. it's happening all over again. And well, it made me giggle, but let's hope that that's not the case, you guys. Let's hope that it's a much better year. We get this horrible pandemic under control and we can go back to living normal I'm doing air quotes lives but you know just have some sense of normality back into our daily lives would be great so great (laughs) yeah um so I would say what's new but Sarah and I just chatted about our holiday break over on Patreon so I don't want to repeat ourselves um so if you want to go get some extra content and hear about our holiday break you can go over to patreon.com slash not so molly mormon we have a lot of goodies over there and amazing people that you can connect with and become friends with all of those patrons we love them we love you guys we do love you guys so much i don't know why i did that in a really weird way but it was just my way of saying that um yeah come join us in patreon it's it's good fun it's good what's that phrase I thought you were going to say something like good, wholesome family fun. I was trying to say wholesome, good, wholesome fun that they say. Yeah. But it's not wholesome because we're naughty lobsters. So come join us there. But also you guys will get to see the cute little cat that's in my lap right now purring because I'm a cat woman. Now I'm cat lady. I'm not cat woman. I wish I was cat woman. But a cat lady. Um, She makes... Yeah, it, it, he makes a little appearance in the video. So go, go step by and say bye. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Patreon, though, I do have some shout outs that I'm very excited to share. We have some new patrons. I'm going to start with Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Welcome and thank you. Trisha. Hi, Trisha. I believe I follow you on Instagram now. Um, if I don't, I'm sorry and I will go follow you now, but I'm pretty sure we do. But welcome and thank that you for is, your support. Yeah, that's a little perk of um of Patreon is that we follow the patrons personally if you want us to. I mean, uh, some of y'all are like, nah, bitch, I don't want you to follow. And I get that. It's fair I, enough. But I like my privacy, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next patron is Shelby. Hi, Shelby. I believe Shelby is your friend, Sarah. She is. Hi, Shelby, and welcome to Patreon. Shelby cracks me up. She sends some golden memes, and also just in general, she's my sister from Georgia, but we're not related, but, you know, we're sisters in Zion from Georgia. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) We were in... (laughs) In Georgia, we'll drink tea together. 
<laughs> sweet tea. We'll drink sweet tea together. Oh my God, we should coin that, Katie. Yeah. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, Shelby and I went to YSA together in Georgia, and she has oh. some crazy stories, some wild stories that I cannot wait for her to be on the show and for her to uh, tell us these stories. It'll be really fun. So, yeah. hi, Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Welcome. And thank now, you. Yes. Next is Megan. Hi, Megan. Welcome so or welcome so much. Thank you. So much. <laughs> welcome so much, Megan. We're not even five minutes in and I'm struggling. You guys, you can tell we've had a two week break. Okay. Rusty. But anyway, Megan. Hi. Thank you hi. so much for joining us. <laughs> hi, Megan. Welcome. And thank you. We appreciate you so much. And then joining us in outer darkness is that was me doing a drum roll. <laughs> Our new patron, Raina. Hi, Raina. Thank you so, so much for joining us in outer darkness. We just recorded a little video just for you that you should be getting in your email here. Um, but yeah, you're amazing and and we love you. Thank you. You are, Raina. Thank you so much. You are an amazing queen, and we appreciate you so much. You guys, she's in outer darkness. I know we've mentioned it before, but our outer darkness tier is the, the highest level we have, and these amazing patrons who are in that level are supporting us to let us, yeah, to continue with the podcast and devote more time to creating more pod, uh, content for the podcast. So thank you so much. And also all of our levels of Patreon, of course, you guys are helping tremendously and we are very, very grateful for all of you. You keep the podcast going and you allow us to create more content for you guys. So thank you. And yeah, we love you guys. Yes. So much love. And so much love. Welcome, Raina. Thank you, Raina. <laughs> I want to just bask in this love for a moment because the topic that we're talking about today makes me feel absolute rage. So, <laughs> all right, I'm feeling the good feelings, and now we're going to move on to the topic. Unless, do you have anything else to announce, Sarah? I don't. That's that's all I have. I feel like I'm very awkward on this episode, so apologies. I think it's the break. Let's just go with that, Katie. Let's just go <laughs> with the fact that we haven't recorded in a few weeks, and I have been quarantining with two cats. So I think I'm going crazy. So sorry guys in advance if this episode you're like, whoa, she is awkward as fuck and struggling today. No, Give me a pass. Thanks. You know what helps me in these times is that sure, maybe we stumble, we might be a little bit awkward, but nothing can be as awkward as when we first started and I would hit the record button and I would go, okay, we're recording. I, I really wouldn't even introduce the show. That's how awkward I was. God, I honestly don't know how listeners, you, I, we've had so many people like send us messages saying that they have binge listened to the whole podcast and then gone back and listened from the beginning. And I'm like, guys, I can't make myself go back to the beginning because those first few episodes are so cringy that I cannot do it. I cannot. I am the biggest narcissist cunt ever that just talks and talks and talks. I mean, I'm still that, but at least I'm like four years older and a bit more. 
I think we've grown in these four years and we've we've learned a bit. So yeah, if you're ever feeling awkward, just remember where we've come from, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just go back to episode one and two and uh, you'll feel so much better about your life. I promise. Yeah. So before we begin, though, speaking of like, I don't know, awkward or disclaimers or whatever, I just want to say before we begin that like, obviously, Sarah and I, if you didn't know, we're not lawyers and we're not historians or any of that shit. But we just want to talk about this topic from the perspective of ex-Mormons and how this topic kind of relates to a lot of things that we experienced in the Mormon church. You'll see what I'm talking about in a minute, but just, yeah, disclaimer out there. Don't sue us, whatever. Don't sue us. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just giving our opinion. So back the fuck off. We're not experts, as um, someone who emailed us recently pointed out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was delightful. I'm going to give it too much attention because whatever, but it was pretty funny. They, like, try, like gave us, like, yeah, they, like, insulted us, but then tried to say they wanted to be a guest. Anyway. A guest to correct us, basically, which I was like, thanks, but I think we'll pass because we do this podcast on our own time we aren't experts we make that disclaimer all the time listen as you want but don't email us to correct us on a lot of shit like that you don't need to can you believe we're full-on scholars on every single topic sarah like how dare we i'm a fucking professor i'm um i'm a doctor professor dr sarah yeah (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I am. But also, disclaimer, we are talking about the newest season of Tiger King. So if you have not watched it and you don't want spoiler alerts, do not listen. Stop now. Stop now and go watch. We're just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... So, yeah, it was released last month, December 2021, on Netflix. They released a three-part. It's kind of like a spinoff of Tiger King. It's called Tiger King, the Doc Antle Story. And basically, so I, when this came out, I wanted to watch it in the UK, but Greg's parents were like, eh, not really into it. And I was like, okay, fair enough. We'll watch it when we come back. And so I think it was this, maybe even on New Year's Eve, we binge watched it. Like we were just like, oh my God, this is like, for me, especially I was like, this is all cult stuff. Like it's talking about a cult. So many of the things compared like directly to Mormonism. And so I messaged Katie being like, should we cover this? And Katie's like, um, I'm still in Utah. I don't know if I'll have time to binge watch it. And I was like, oh, all right, fair enough. Fair play. You are busier than my lazy ass. So good point. I, uh, yeah, Sarah messaged me and I, I got home and the very next day I binged it and made notes and here we are ready to talk about it because yeah, like I said, it's only three parts. So you can watch it pretty quickly. And to me, it was fascinating. So I'm glad you had this idea, Sarah. Thank you. But I will say that I haven't been as angry about, you know, during watching a documentary as I have watching this. Like, I just, I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch a lot of true crime. So I watch a lot of horrible shit, basically. And nothing has made me this enraged in a while. I felt very upset by this man. So we'll get into it. Same. 
Same. <laughs> like, he is absolutely fucking disgusting. And I think we were just talking about a bit um, before this episode and before we started recording about, like, Mormon some Mormon guys, I feel like ugh, we always get those few people who are like, not all Mormon men. We're like, I get it. Not all Mormon guys. But how they expected women to be absolutely perfect. And, you know, they had to look this way and that way. And any other way, it wasn't accepted, uh, acceptable. And then it was guys who, like, it would just fucking blow my mind. You would see these drop-dead gorgeous women in Utah who were with these guys that I'm like, Really? And I'm not trying to be superficial or shallow. Like, I, you know, be with who you want to be with, no matter what they look like. Like, I don't think looks should play an, a, an important part in terms of who your your partner is in life. Like, it's however you feel best and with your relationship. But it's just ridiculous that with Mormon guys, it was always that, like, they didn't have to try or they could just look however they wanted. But the women we're expected to look as exact way and to be perfect. And that's exactly how this piece of shit dot and Antle is as well with his. Ugh. I definitely have that in my notes. So I guess, you know, since we're professionals, I probably should have worked this out with you before we hit record, but, <laughs> but Sarah, do you want me to go through my notes or do you want to start with yours? How do you want to, um, or <laughs> we're professionals. We, we've been doing this podcast for four years. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we can kind of just both go through it. I, I made some bullet points nice. um, and, like, comparison. Like I was just going through, and I was like, oh, that's exactly like Perfect. the Mormon church. And then I also pulled up um, – I found a few articles, like one with Rolling Stones that maybe we'll get to. And if we don't, I think you guys should read it. I found it really interesting. Um, but yeah. And link it. Yeah. So like Sarah is saying, we both watched this, obviously. And we both obviously noticed like a striking resemblance to from this story to characteristics of Mormonism and to me even of Joseph Smith. Like uh-huh. in particular. So I think what we're mainly going to be doing in this episode is comparing the two men, Joseph Smith and Doc Antle, and also Doc Antle's uh, zoo slash cult (laughs) to the Mormon church, um, because there's a ton of similarities. I also want to let you know that in my notes, I wrote, (laughs) we're going to be comparing the two men, J-Dog and Douche Canoe Antle. (laughs) (laughs) how I referred to him because he makes me feel ill this man he is so gross I he's absolutely fucking disgusting even when I first watched Tiger King the original season I was just like this guy is so gross anytime he's on it and then watching these this three-part series I was just like I find him so disgusting and I really just want to like punch him in the face it's not good punchable so okay if you guys didn't know, if you haven't watched it and you don't care about spoilers, we can tell you who he is. So um, he goes by Doc Antle. He was born Kevin Antle, though, in in California in 1960. He was born into a very wealthy family and had a large trust fund that he lived on. So there's so so first of all obviously white privilege that he can just go play around in a zoo with some animals because um, he doesn't have to worry about money 
Yeah. Um, he developed a quote unquote love of animals on his parents' cattle ranch. And as a teenager and in his subsequent years, he lived at Yogaville, which is a community founded by Swami Sachidananda Saraswati. I hope I said that right. But he was an Indian spiritualist. Um, and Sachidananda changed Antil's name from Kevin to Bhagavan. Bhagavan. <laughs> Bhagavan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I forgot so what about did that. You, what did you think of that? I'm curious what you thought about that. Of changing the name? Yeah. It reminds me, isn't there like a some character named Bhagavan? Yeah, I just found it very, um, I don't know. It was very weird to me and like kind of appropriative that a white dude is just changing his name to Bhagavan and, uh, but whatever we'll get into like yoga. But isn't that like quite common with this yoga cult as well which is yeah I think very problematic is that it's usually a whole bunch of like white hippies and I'm sure I'm offending a ton of people right now um who join it and then yeah they change their names to and obviously yeah, yeah. I, just, I find it very uncomfortable yeah <laughs> and so, I mean, we can make um, a comparison here, I guess, as well with changing your name. You get a new name in the temple in Mormonism. Oh, I didn't even think about that comparison. That's a good one. <laughs> Remember how we had a commenter on Instagram, a Mormon commenter that was like, we don't do that. And everyone was like, yes, you do, girlfriend. <laughs> ah, I do. That's my favorite is when they correct us and like, you don't know what you're talking about you obviously didn't grow up in the church or you never had a testimony and we just have to correct and be like, no, like we went through the temple or I went through the temple yeah. and Katie was like grew up in Utah. So yeah, we get it. We get it. We understand it. And we have um, all listeners that go in and correct them. Like I got a new name. Like, I don't know if you weren't paying attention, but you do get a new name when you go through the temple. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. I never thought about that comparison, but yeah. I mean, when you watch that documentary, all of the, the people who are part of Yogaville had like different names that were changed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so Doc Antle his name gets changed to Bhagavan from Kevin, which Kevin suits him much more. But yeah, <laughs> he later uh, he later went on to open his own zoo, but I call it a cult in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But let's talk a little bit more about Yogaville while we're here, because I personally think the Yogaville is a cult. Um, some of you might disagree with me, but this. The Sachidananda guy, he founded two Yogaville centers in California and Connecticut, and later he acquired 750 acres of land in Virginia and moved Yogaville there. And this new location featured a large central shrine, housed about 150 people, and had plans to grow to 1,000 people. <laughs> and it's here that Doc Antle attended retreats, put on his magic shows which oh my god and absorbed Sachidananda's teachings uh, and he started like putting on shows with tigers and elephants and stuff here uh yeah definitely a call I'm gonna argue I mean if someone can give me valid reasons and evidence I'll disagree but it's completely it's a, a cult like they 
weren't allowed to leave. They had to change what they wore, how they dressed. They had to have a vegetarian diet. They were, you know, not allowed to have like outside influence. They also had to pay towards it, like give up a lot of stuff. Like it's, it's a cult, you know? Oh, definitely. Like you said, very similar to all cults, but with Mormonism in particular, which is what we focus on is only being able to wear certain clothing, like you said, and only eating certain things. That's like the word of wisdom. It's very controlling. And his, what he liked to preach was obedience, selfless service and living in poverty. I mean, that just sounds like that. I mean, that's a cult. That's cult 101. It's a cult. It's a cult. And also they worshipped the leader, Swami. uh They worshipped him and thought of him as like a deity, basically. And, you know, washed his feet. And, I mean, yeah, one thing I also, I mean, I, I, I think Doc Antle and Swami were very similar to Joseph Smith in that they sexually abuse minors. Um, just to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote that down next in my notes that um, Sacha Dananda was eventually accused of sexual misconduct in 1991. Protesters waved placards that read Stop the Abuse and End the Cover-Up outside a Virginia hotel where he was making an address. And a follower shouted from the audience, how can you call yourself a spiritual instructor when you have molested me and other women? So very similar to J-Dog, but also very similar to, sadly, things that happen in the Mormon church now where it's come out that there's been a lot of sexual misconduct with like bishops and things like that because the interviews are behind closed doors with children, especially. So, I mean, I just feel like cults and things like that are their prime for sexual abuse, right? Oh, definitely. And also it's just like, you know, just with the church, it's so problematic and all of these things have come out and yet people still say like, oh, that was a different time or, you know, it's just like they still have a following. They still have their Church Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org or whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, and, and I when I was Googling, so I was, yes, you guys, you heard that correctly. 2022, I'm doing research as well. Um, when I was Googling about Swami Satchitananda, I'm not going to butcher his name anymore. Um, I was curious to see if he still had a following, to see if, like, it was still a practice and y'all he has there's a a website where it's like welcome and you Mm -hmm. can join and uh, you know obviously it's still he still has a legacy and it's still it's still around today oh for sure yeah it's still quite big um so in this this new series they draw a clear line between the swami and doc antle um, it seems like Doc Antle got his ideas from Satchidananda. Like he was attracted to the power. And like you said, he talked about him as if he was a hero. It was like hero worship. And he wanted to be him. And after he was at Yogaville, then too. Yep. So um, former employees of Doc Antle's zoo have accused him of using the zoo to create a cult-like following around him. 
Doc Antle claims to have a PhD in zoology, but two of his former wives claim that he never actually received such, and instead, when he was in China, paid somebody to write that he was a doctor on a certificate. That's literally <laughs> the first thing I have on my note is claiming he's a doctor when he's not. Reminds me of that Young Living Essential Oils dude. <gasps> I did not even make that connection, but that's so Gary Young. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And scary, too. But that's very, it's also very, like, J-Dog, too. I could see him doing something like that. He was very, like, I don't know, a fraud, a con man. And so. He definitely is a con man. He fooled so many people. And, I mean, still does today. We don't know any of this, like, his background at all in the church because they don't tell you any of that stuff. Huh? Right. So to continue, um, Doc Antle requires his employees to not just see the zoo as a workplace, but also as a lifestyle. For example, he requires female employees to be single, childless, abstain from eating meat, wear certain clothing, and weigh within 20 pounds of their, quote, perfect athletic weight. So disgusting. And it makes me so outrageously angry. I can't even... It's so disgusting. And they must also abstain from drinking and smoking. So, so much of this is very similar to Mormonism. The control of women, the control of their bodies, the control of what you can and cannot eat, what you like. Yeah. And his is slightly different in that he forces them to dress like in a sexual way, whereas the church forces women to cover up. But it's the same thing. It's like, using women's bodies for whatever the goal is to yeah, and it, it's still it's still sexualizing women as well even though you know doc Antle's way is more like oh he wants women to dress sexy it's still in the mormon church women are supposed to cover up to prevent their sexuality from oozing out so either way it's like both of these disgusting pieces of shit like just all they see women is as a sexual object and and nothing more. 100%. Yeah. And the like coercion, um, which is really similar to Joseph Smith. I mean, we'll get into the polygamy. I have notes about that, but yeah, just using, um, like you said, women are, are objects and either way it's like the sexuality is used, uh, almost as like a pawn. It's like your sexuality is bad and you need to keep it covered up just for your husband or you need to use it to attract people to your zoo cult. <laughs> and this diet thing, you guys, if you if you haven't watched the documentary, go watch it. Like these women tell stories of how like they were just eating like rice and beans basically and had like a strict diet of like 500 calories a day. And they ate while working with big animals. Yeah. Because they weren't eating anything. remember how his first wife she said it like made me feel sick when she said that he didn't want anything to do with her unless she looked like she was 12 years old yep yep Uh, which I mean again not all Mormon men and not all men but Sarah and I have experienced especially Mm -hmm. in like in Utah County it's like they want you to look like you're 12 so yeah curves are not appreciated or considered attractive in any way. Um, 
One of his former employees, Barbara Fisher, stated that she and Antle's other apprentices, who were mostly young women, felt compelled to have sex with him in order to advance in the zoo. And this really reminded me of Joseph Smith, like how he would threaten young girls that they needed to become Mm -hmm. wives or that an angel would like come down and destroy them. It was very much, yeah, being coerced and manipulated into having sex with these gross dudes. Um, And according to Fisher, she was also pressured to get breast implants because the park desired quote unquote sexy ladies to be featured um there is also also allegations a lot of allegations of like abuse from Antle uh of the all these women and um one of his other wives uh Radha Hirsch claims that she met Antle when she was just 11 years old and they got married when she was only 14 and he already had another wife i think other wives but he's marrying oh, was <laughs> sorry guys that's the cat meowing in the background the cat really hates doc antle too <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing i know i couldn't agree more tiger it's great more tiger yeah yell at him yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of perfect because his name is Tiger and this guy works with tigers. It's true. Oh, my God. Tiger just wanted to make his appearance. That's why. He's like, hey, guys, I'm <laughs> relevant to this episode. Yeah. Let me talk. Uh, so to me, not only was this like absolutely disgusting that he's looking at and grooming and being a pedophile of 11 year old girls, but it's so similar to Joseph Smith. He was marrying 14 year olds. You know, they're both pedophiles and they both think they can get away with anything including like abuse and child rape and non-consensual polygamy because they can't consent because they were children and also the first wife of either of the dudes didn't give consent emma didn't give consent and neither did doc antle's first wife nope Nope. (laughs) exactly and also like these these you know his doc antle's like second or third wife i can't remember one of them, because she was obviously underage, he married, like, two or three women who were 14. And one of them just, like, forged a, their parents' signature, their father's signature. Yeah, um, I that. Oh, so disgusting. I mean, I also put my notes, marrying 14-year-old girls. Hello, Joseph Smith. Like, Hello. that's yeah. literally. And, and also that um, the wife you were talking about that he married, like, he met her when she was 11. They married at 14. Um, in the documentary, I don't know if you remember where she says that like that was the turning point for her is when he admitted that he was attracted to her, was interested in her when she was 11. And it kind of like dawned on her then like, oh, that's gross. Like he was into me when I was 11. Yeah. Which I know so you at first I thought like, well, what's the big difference between 11 and 14? But actually those are quite crucial years especially for a a lot of women like you go through changes you get your period like you feel as if you know you are more mature your body's changing whereas when you're 11 it's like a child you know um I mean you're still a child at 14 but it's it's just yeah it's a bigger difference I think when you think about it like if someone who's drastically older, if I thought, oh, they were interested in me at 11 and at 14, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
yeah, either way, it's disgusting and that their children either way. But yeah, like you said, when you're that person and you're looking back, you're like, ew, you, you were attracted to me when I, yeah, was that young? Oh, gross. Um, and he even, yeah, it's just like this, the type of personality of people that he went after. I mean, they're vulnerable. Um, you know, that's what the church does too. And they, you know, he wanted like quote unquote virgins, which is what oh. Jeff Smith wanted too. I forgot uh, about that, y'all. That was so disgusting when they were talking about the the wives were talking about that and how he explicitly only wanted virgins and like what was it? One of them made even a joke about saying like, and it wasn't great. <laughs> oh yeah, he wasn't good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. (laughs) It's so disgusting. Like we laugh because I think that's like the only way you can kind of wrap your head around the atrocity of what he's done, especially to these young women. It's just, it's it's horrendous. They're 14, they're babies. And you have this grown ass man. It's so disgusting. I just can't. Um, When he said there's a part in the documentary where he was like, I'll admit I was promiscuous when I was younger. I wanted to actually barf. It was like, you weren't promiscuous when you were in your 20s and you were hunting 11 and 12 years. You were a predator. You're not promiscuous. Like No, yeah, exactly. You're a predator. It'd be promiscuous if you were, I guess, having tons of sex with like people of age. And then it's like, go at it. I don't care. But when you are being deceitful and you're being predatory and children are involved like fuck you dude that's mm-hmm. not promiscuous Mm-mm. and did you notice that he would get really defensive if people would ask him questions about it like he was so defensive and manipulative and gaslighty which i feel like joseph smith was and i feel like the church can be about anything that's unsavory that you bring up yeah. about church they're like oh no you got it wrong like that's not how it was don't ask me that like that was yeah that was in the past stop being so negative like (laughs) yep that's completely right and also like I mean anything that he which I also thought was an interesting point and maybe made the same comparison that Doc Ansel would get really defensive and when people would come to his his zoo I'm doing mm-hmm. air quotes because it's not a fucking zoo. It's just like a money trap for him, like a money. What is it? Not money pit. Anyways, whatever. It's 2022. I can't speak. Um, <laughs> when he, like people would come to record or to like film or do an interview and he'd be like, oh, no, no, don't film it that way. Like, I don't want them to see the cages. And he was getting really aggressive and defensive when he was doing that. And it's like because he only wants to present himself and his cult in a certain way to attract people and to keep face, you know, which is exactly what the church does as well. Like, yeah, we have this past and you know, it's there, but we don't want to, to highlight any of that. Like we just want to show the positive. 100%. I, I wrote in my notes, they both really try very hard and a lot of times are successful in controlling their image. Like we've mentioned many times, like the church's PR is great. Like they can appear, they can appear really good if you don't know the actual history or their actual mm-hmm. beliefs. And it's the same thing. Like I even went and I looked at Doc Antle's um, Instagram and I was, it was so gross. Cause he like, he, 
he puts on a good show of being like, oh, I'm all about loving these animals and blah, blah, blah. But you know the story behind it. It's all bullshit. But he puts on the good image. Like you said, he doesn't want to show the animals in these cages and the cruelty and all these shady practices. He just wants to show the bright, shiny, happy parts, which the church does too. Yep. And, and another thing on that too, like he pretends I mean, I didn't look at his social media, but just on the show and, like, from what I've read, he really, like, pretends to be like, oh, look, we're helping these animals. And even in the documentary, they talk about the fact that he makes so much money off of the zoo, but he he does it because he gets people to donate their money thinking that they're helping these animals and it's going to, like, you know, organizations around the world to help animals, but in reality, they just use it for their personal gain. So, and I put that's like tithing in in the Mormon church where people give 10% of their income thinking that it's going to all different types of people who need help or organizations, which, yeah, okay, fair enough. Some of that does go there, but that's a very tiny minuscule percent of that goes to helping people around the world. Most of it, the money that's in the Mormon church is for their own benefit. These prophets and leaders and personal gain, the same as Doc Antle. Yeah, 100%. They keep, they keep it all within the organization, but they make it seem like, like you said, that it's going somewhere else good, but they've created these systems where it's actually funneled mostly back into themselves and so they're the ones benefiting and yeah it might be going to somewhere in a different country but they don't tell you that that organization in the other country is actually owned by him so he's Mm -hmm. just giving the money somewhere else and same with the mormon church exactly it's mostly just going back into making the church wealthier um yep it's very gross and that was like so similar to me when they were covering that i was like you could just be basically talking about the Mormon church at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I wrote that they're both, I wrote, these are the things that douche canoe Antle and J dog slash the Mormon church and current leaders have in common. <laughs> <laughs> they're both con artists. They both create their own truth. They are both gaslighters, uh, liars, manipulators, and brainwashers. They prey on the vulnerable. They have shady financial practices. They proclaim their organizations are, quote, unquote, one family. Um, They both have polygamy and pedophilia in common. Oh, and spiritual spiritual wives. Remember how he would marry his wives and tell them, that they were spiritual ones. Doc Antle would do that. And J-Dog did that too. Oh, that's right. Yep. And then I laughed out loud when I saw there was like a flyer for one of Doc Antle's magic shows and he called it Celestial Magic. Did you see that? I did see that. When it came up, I was like cracking up and I paused it and had Greg, I was like, look, it's Celestial Magic. Like he's just (laughs) Joseph Smith reincarnated, I swear. Um, so they both control their followers' food, clothing, and appearance. They both teach obedience above all. They both use their followers for free labor. Uh, they're both very misogynistic. They both have rules of celibacy that don't apply to the leader. Um, in both circumstances, you feel special when the leader likes you or gives you praise. Uh, you, in both, you can't challenge the leaders or their teachings. 
Both organizations put a lot of blame on women. There's excommunication involved in both organizations. They both try to control their image. And there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in both uh, members. So both cults. There you go. <laughs> Damn, you nailed it. Exactly. Those were all in my notes as well. And um, yeah, especially I, I found the money one, I think the most interesting I know the cat in the background sorry guys tiger just has lots of opinions today um he just has all the all the feelings and opinions about this episode even <laughs> the animal cruelty really which is devastating it's horrible it's horrible when you watch the documentary and so I and also I was um so this article, I'm not going to read a lot of it, but it's a Rolling Stones article that was written in 2015. So it was before Tiger King came out, because obviously once Tiger King came out, I mean, Doc Annell got huge publicity and his social media and his following, like it exploded along with all of the other ones um, on the show. And so I was interested to see how he was portrayed before. And it was definitely in a more positive light. Um, it was like, oh, you know, he talking about all the things that he does that's for the good of animals and like paints him in this picture of him just riding this elephant that he has named. I've already forgotten. Bubbles. Bubbles. That's what it was. Because I was like, oh, poor Bubbles has to deal with this asshole. Exactly. And so like I was kind of I was like interested. I was like hmm, like, okay, I wonder if he's gonna, if there's any similarities that they're gonna highlight that maybe foreshadows what eventually becomes. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it was just because, you know, obviously now that there's, there was first Tiger King and then this episode, or this series that exposes a lot of of the negative side, I was curious. yeah, so, I mean, they talk about their, like, financial report, saying how much money he's given, how he's a huge contributor, and I was like, hmm, okay. But then at the end, it does talk about how, basically, he has a temper, and, like, with the animals and stuff like that, and how there was one part where they they wanted to show some of the animals, so they, they took out the eagle, uh-huh. and there was a, a chimp that also Doc Antle had, and Bubbles, the elephant, was also there, and he was getting restless. The champ started getting bored. The camera, or sorry, the um, the eagle was out, and then obviously the champ started like freaking out because it's the eagle. And apparently, like in here, it has a quote, and he be- Antle's warmth wore into impatience, and he began barking orders and frustrated outbursts at China, who was I think his fourth or fifth wife now. Yeah. And Moshe, Moksha saying staff, staff, motherfucker. Like, and, oh and basically, yeah, and it was like, as usual, Antle was at the center of it, sweating and smiling in his perpetual khaki, which I laughed at because he does only <laughs> wear khaki. Um, yeah, and just talking, and they said, inducing docility, docility from dangerous animals, spending millions on raw meat and landscapers, constantly training new apprentices. I did like four plurals there Um, to properly shovel shit forever battling welfare groups who will use virtually any tactic to shut him down. So like really painting him as this martyr, this victim, this person who's like doing so much, but yet 
he's also this asshole who has like outbursts that they just kind of slowly or like not slowly just glance over right like it that was the only part in the article and the rest is more about how he's this down-to-earth relatable guy who yeah it just it really rubbed me the wrong way and I just thought god that was only six years ago seven years ago now oh not long ago yeah but you know what that is that's making me think of another similarity because I could see how maybe he could I mean, he's disgusting to me, but perhaps he could turn on the charm and be charismatic. Very similar to Joseph Smith, right? Mm -hmm. And that, like, you can hide, like, that awful side of you for a little while and make people think that you're this great guy and, like, believe in you. Um, But then it's like, I don't know, once I find out that someone has been having sex with or not having sex with that that's sexually assaulting 14 year old girls I'm like no there's no way you're a good guy anymore exactly and also it even says in that um that article which made me like so grossed out as well I think it's like in the very beginning yeah he they talk about so to quote it Antle spent much, much, oh God, you guys, I am on the struggle bus today. What is happening? <laughs> um, Antle spent mo- most of his youth competing in rodeos and training dogs, and he didn't care much for school. He dropped out before the ninth grade. Quote, in my early days, he says, drugs, sex, and rock and roll was it. <laughs> and I just think about like, was it your early days? Because now I'm thinking about you probably being like a 25 year old and preying on like 11, 12 year olds. Yeah. Ex- oh, exactly. Yeah. He is stopped. And then he just wanted to control women. Like, yeah. Telling them what they can and cannot wear and what they can and cannot eat. Like, don't tell them that. And yeah. Ugh. It's gross. Yucky. He's just a horrible person, and I'm glad that, you know, even though I get, like, Netflix is obviously making a shit ton of money from these documentaries and these shows, but at least, you know, it's a positive that it's exposing and it gives a platform for these women to actually tell their stories, because as I said, like, this article was in the Rolling Times, and it was only in 2015, that wasn't that long ago, and there wasn't... From what I read, I mean, unless I skipped over a pretty important part, which could be possible, I didn't see anything about him being a sexual predator or sexually assaulting any of these women, any of that. Like, none of that was mentioned in this article. And so I find it, I don't want to say interesting, that's not the right word, but I'm just glad that at least now, even though it's on Netflix, like maybe and not like the longest amount of time, like airtime for them to really explain their stories. At least this guy is being exposed and they did have an opportunity to tell a story of how he actually is. He's not this great philanthropist. Is that the word? Philanthropist? Philanthropist, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I haven't been drinking today. I don't know what's going on. You're probably listening to this episode and being like, literally, is she drunk or is she on some type of drug? I'm not. I mean, I wish, but I'm not. I'm just a struggle bus today. Oh, no. <sighs> but, yeah. Yeah, it's – the similarities were astounding to me, so I'm glad you told me to watch it. But I just – I felt I felt so bad for those 
women, but I was, it, like you said, I'm glad that they're speaking out and that there were, there were quite a few of them that all had the same story. So, cause I know I've read in other articles where he was just trying to discredit them. Cause I think only one of them was speaking out at first and he was like, Oh, she's just lying. Right. But then, yeah, like and talk about the abuse. It's like that's harder for him to say, well, they're all lying. Oh, poor me. You know, exactly. Because that's what he said about the the first spiritual wife he married when he married at 14 is when she got pregnant and later on, like talked about it. He he there's even a part where someone's interviewing him and he's just like, oh, I mean, she we just like had Basically, he implied it was like one or two encounters and she became obsessed with him and blah, 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 blah. And he should have wore a condom or some shit. He said something to that effect, like completely dismissing the fact that like he convinced and manipulated this poor 14 year old girl to having sex with him and spiritually marrying him. It's so gross. I wish, I don't know what like the statute of limitations are, but I wish there would be some kind of way he'd have to pay for like statutory rape of these women. So I don't know how that would work. I do know, I did read that I think like there's been a lot of investigation into his animal cruelty and like animal abuse. And I think I saw that there was a court date set for summer of 2022 for, for that at least. Um, But either way, at least he's being exposed. So hopefully um, women can can stay away, you know, be careful <laughs> around predators like that. I really hope so. And like those, uh, yeah, it's just a fucked up situation. Like those those poor animals too. You watch the show, and it's just your heart breaks because all these people taking pictures with these like cubs, and you just think like, oh, that's not where they belong. Like they just. I know. I understand the point that. Obviously, if they've been raised in captivity, like, they wouldn't be able to go out in the wild. But, like, it's still, I don't know. I just find it sickening, you know? Same. Ugh, gross. Well, we got through it. I got through it without barfing, so. We <laughs> made we it. We made it. Um, let us know what you think, listeners, what you thought of the documentary and your thoughts on this guy. And if you have seen any other similarities between him and Joseph Smith or the Mormon church, but yeah. yeah. I don't know if we missed any or if you have any other suggestions of a similarity. Like I, I'm curious to see now, like how many other, I mean, Katie and I are like obsessed with obviously like cults and like, because I mean, I think once you're in a cult, it's so interesting to find these comparisons with other cults that, when you were Mormon, you were like, oh, my God. I mean, how could you not see it was a cult? <laughs> then we were in one and we didn't see it. <laughs> so I just find it really fascinating whenever I do watch something like this situation. Of course, it's terrible and it's tragic what happened to these women and to these poor animals that are in this situation. But it's still just like, fuck, like we were in a cult as well. And the similarities are definitely there and they overlap. And I think it's further proof that the Mormon church is a cult. And people, if you're on, if you're on the fence and you don't know, just admit it. It's a cult. Like, I think you can safely admit it is. So it is. All right, listeners, we love you all. Thank you for being here. Welcome to 2022, and uh, we'll be back next week with some more. 
We will. Have a great week, everyone. And um, I wish Tiger would come back out and meow on this note, but he hasn't. But <laughs> yeah. uh, have a good week, and we love you lots. Bye.